High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Grab your Bible, go to John chapter 1. While you're turning there, yes, I am wearing a onesie this morning. Uh, thank you, John. I appreciate John. John has my back. The rest of y'all are like, I don't know about this. I told my mother this morning, I said, listen, dad can't say anything because he's preached dressed in a Peter Pan outfit. He's preached dressed as a hippie before. He dressed as Uncle Sam. Like I, I said, a hippie. He's done all of these things so he can't say a word in his suit this morning while I'm wearing a onesie. We went to leave this morning, and I didn't know what my wife was going to wear, and she's relatively dressed up. Uh, And I said, babe, this isn't fair. You just look hot, and I look like an overgrown toddler. (laughs) I thought I'm going to have to find, I was thinking earlier this week, I'm like, I'm going to have to find my version of Brick House to sing. Um, The problem is all the songs from uh, the millennials are a little more... um, Colorful, shall we say, than Brick House. I don't know if back that thing up is appropriate to sing in church or not. It's John chapter 1. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. John chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life and the light, and the life and the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. That's a lot of light. Verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and he did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. 
I love this scripture. I love the opening of the Gospel of John. If you read uh, what we would traditionally call the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I really honestly, just in my opinion, don't even like to include John kind of as a synoptic Gospel because John speaks a lot more prophetically than Matthew, Mark, or Luke does. If you read in Matthew, Mark, or Luke chapter 1, they start with the genealogy of Jesus and they go through a natural earthly genealogy. And John, whenever he starts, John says in the beginning, was the word John goes deeper than just Jesus earthly genealogy and he says in the beginning was the word who is the word that he is talking about there it's Jesus the word is logos but it literally means he's talking about Jesus in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and he's making it very clear that he's about to tell us um, about the time that Jesus walked the earth, but that before he walked the earth, he always was. And that the word was God and the word was with God. That Jesus was God and Jesus was with God and ultimately Jesus came. And that's what we celebrate in this Christmas season. That's what we are now in on, on, on the, 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 the traditional church calendar. We're in what would be called the Advent right now where we are looking for his coming. We are celebrating that Jesus came. And in our culture, we really try to find the meaning of Christmas. Matter of fact, almost, almost every Christmas movie you watch, somewhere in there is going to be some plot line about somebody finding the true meaning of Christmas. Somebody's going to discover what Christmas is really all about. And most of the time it's characteristics, and those are well and good, and we're going to talk about a lot of those today. But at the end of the day, those characteristics can only exist in us because the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Because without Jesus, we can't even operate and walk in those things. And with Jesus, we should absolutely operate and walk in those things. Christmas is about a lot more than just Santa food and a couple days off of work. Nothing wrong with any of those things. Nothing wrong with Santa Claus. Nothing wrong with food. Nothing wrong with a couple days off of work. Y'all are real quiet. I guess y'all all want to go to work. I don't know. Don't want to eat either. If you were here on Wednesday night, we had our, our uh, family feast and we had... Santa here to greet the kids and it, how many of you your kids met Santa on Wednesday night how many of you did, did Santa tell your kids about Jesus on Wednesday night every single one of them Santa got up every almost every single kid he met he said whose birthday is it Jesus even Santa was telling people about Jesus funny side note you know that the uh that the actual saint Saint Nicholas that that Santa is based upon, the legend of Santa is based upon, at the council of Nicaea, he felt like somebody was, said something that was heretical and he punched them in the face. True story. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. And if you say a heresy, he'll punch you in the face. That's the new song. It's a true story. It's about a lot more than all of those things. Nothing wrong with any of those things, but it's so much more. We have to really look at what Christmas really means. What's it really about? What are we really celebrating? And it really is simple. We've said it already, but I'm going to say it again. It's about Jesus. It's about his coming. It's not just some abstract idea of Jesus, though. It's the very idea that the word became flesh. If we really stop 
and think about what that means for us for a moment. That the very word of God, that the son of God, that God himself became flesh and dwelt among us for this purpose, to restore you and reconcile you back to him. That God cared about you so much, that Jesus loves you so much, that he left a heavenly place of perfection in order to come and be born in a dirty, nasty manger to restore you and redeem you back to where God created you to be. I've been in a couple barns in my lifetime. Anybody ever been in a barn before? Probably, probably most of us at some point, or even like to a zoo. And sometimes, listen, I've been to Disney's Animal Kingdom, and there's certain times a day you can walk through places and it smells awful because animals make a mess and messes stink. Listen, Jesus left a place where there was no stink and was born into something that was smelly to redeem you back. I think sometimes we, that, that idea can feel so quaint, but whenever we really dig into what it really means, that Jesus got in the midst of our filth to redeem you back. That he didn't have to, but he did because he loves you. That's what this season is really about. I love the lights, I love the food, I love kinda like some of the songs. But at the end of the day, Jesus came to bring you back. Let that sink in. In the beginning was the word. And that eternal word was made flesh. C.S. Lewis said it like this in his book, Mere Christianity. Any C.S. Lewis fans in the house? All four of you. C.S. Lewis said it like this in Mere Christianity. He said this, the eternal being who knows everything and who created the whole universe became not only a man, but before that, a baby. And before that, a fetus inside a woman's body. If you want to get the hang of it, think how you would like to become a slug or a crab. Lewis is pointing to us that Jesus became much lower than he ever needed to be or intended to be for you to redeem you and to bring you back. And when we rob this season of what Jesus actually came to bring, we aren't living in the spirit of the season. When we rob ourselves of what Jesus came to do, and by the way, it's more than just give you a cute, quaint nativity to look at. He came to actually do something in your life. He came to do something for you. And whenever we leave that present underneath the tree in its wrapping paper with a bow still on top of it and we don't partake of it, we are not living in the spirit of the season of Christmas. And there's just, let's just be really honest, there's a lot of Christians who need to discover a Christmas spirit. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good this morning. I'll steal one of dad's lines. Y'all are real quiet in this Presbyterian church. That's two. <laughs> How many of you have heard this, this phrase before, the war on Christmas? Y'all heard that one? Right, a few of y'all? About 10, 15 years ago, it was really a hot button thing. It's, I don't think it's quite as hot of a button issue anymore. And uh, th there was a, a season where uh, a lot of believers would really get mad at large corporations, people like Walmart or Target or Publix or Winn-Dixie or whatever, because uh, employees would say, or maybe even school district employees or whoever it was, 
because around this time of year, people would say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Y'all remember that? Right? We, we, we tend to forget that actually the term happy holidays is based in an old English word that literally meant holy days, which were religious holidays. But that's not the point anyways. But Merry Christmas, happy holidays. And we, we, we will get... We will get absolutely out of sorts about a phrase that somebody uses while simultaneously we live as the most non-joyful people on the face of the planet while we live as the proverbial Scrooge bah humbugging everything else and we want to try to preach to everybody else about the reason for the season. And Jesus is looking and he's going, if your attitude is the way it is. Don't be saying that you represent me. It's real quiet in here. If your scrooginess is the way you're going to act, that doesn't represent me. If you're going to be nasty and rude and mean to everybody, you don't really understand the reason for the season. If you're going to shout at your kids every second that you get during this season, you really don't understand the reason for the season. If you're going to let everything stress you out and send you over the edge, you really don't understand the reason for the season. Christmas is actually the perfect picture of peace in the midst of turmoil. The true meaning, one of the true meanings of Christmas is that in the midst of a world that's turned upside down, you can have peace. It really is. When you really read the Christmas story, it's really not all that cute and quaint. Right? You've got religious, I mean, you, you have political leaders that are killing babies. That's how it starts, by the way. That's one, one of the ways it starts. That's near the beginning. You've got a woman who isn't married getting pregnant. Obviously, we know it's by the Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But there is certainly this family turmoil that pops up because Joseph goes, yeah, sure, Mary. God did it. Okay. Thankfully, an angel showed up to Joseph and told him it was the truth. But there's some turmoil at the beginning. They have to travel to avoid all these problems. And by the way, they didn't, they didn't go hop in the airport. They had a long journey by foot with a, with, 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 with a donkey that they go on this journey. And it's miles and miles and miles and tiring and excruciating and it pre pre I, know, I know how pregnant ladies are. My wife's had four children. We have four kids together. I know how it is at the end of a pregnancy, and you can't get comfortable no matter how comfy the chair is. Now imagine being on a donkey traveling, right? And then they can't find anywhere to even stay. They end up in a stable. This is like turmoil personified. This is everything gone wrong. My OCD would be going insane. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, I like a plan. I don't like to go anywhere without a plan. If we get in the car, we better know where we're going. I need to have had a reservation for a month. If you're like my dad, you're gonna have about eight reservations and whittle them down as it gets closer. Am I telling the truth? Be like, I got like seven or I, I got like all these hotels where I'm like, Dad, you can only sleep in one of them. 
I got to see which one's going to be best. Y'all with me? That's the way I am. And this picture is completely different. And yet on that night and the imagery that we carry from it and what we see is this picture of serenity and peace with a world that's going crazy all around it. The Christmas season and what Jesus came to bring you is that no matter what's going on in the world, you can live in peace. You can live in tranquility. You can live without a worry in your mind, regardless of if it went right, it went wrong, no matter what the government's doing, no matter what your neighbor's doing, no matter what your work is doing, your boss is doing, you can still live in peace. And if you aren't living in peace, you aren't living in the spirit of the season. You aren't living in the spirit of Christmas. If you woke up this morning concerned about what happen next year or next week or whatever you're not living in the spirit of the season am i saying you shouldn't plan absolutely not but i'm saying in the midst of it live in peace don't let everything throw you for a loop dad dad posted something the other day about i don't i'm going to misquote it but about living on the emotional roller coaster if you're living on the emotional roller coaster of life get off get out of line boycott the ride not only do we ride the emotional roller coaster, we will pay to stay and stand in line and wait on. And then you're disappointed at the end. You have, have you ever, anybody ever been to a theme park and you stood in line for a long time to ride something and at the end you went? Seriously? For that? I stood in line for two hours in 95 degree heat sweating. My kid wouldn't stand up, so I had to hold him the whole time. You know what I'm talking about? That's, that's the ride of the emotional roller coaster. There is no payoff at the end that's worth it. It's awful. Live in peace. God's got it under control. Whenever, hear, hear this, hear this. Whenever we don't live in peace, we really show how much, how little faith we have in God that he holds our situation in his hands. Because whenever you really believe he holds his situ your situation in his hand, you'll live in peace. We, 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 you remember the song? He's got the whole world. I remember it. In his hands. We used to sing that if you were a little kid. He's got the whole wide world. We would sing that, but we certainly, as we became adults, didn't believe he held our situation in his hands. Or we would live in a lot more peace. We wouldn't live freaking out about everything. We wouldn't live getting, get, getting in a tizzy over the latest news headline that was intended to send you into a tizzy. That's why they wrote it that way. We have this war on Christmas, yet we aren't honoring Christmas ourselves. Sure, we say Merry Christmas, we have our nativity, but do our actions really speak to believing that the Word was made flesh to redeem the world and make it right? Do our actions speak to that? Or do we just have the right language? Do we talk the talk but not walk the walk? Are we really good with saying the right things but not nearly as good with doing the right things? Now, don't get me wrong. There's a war on Christmas, and I know where it is. Where it is. It's inside of me. It's inside of you. It, 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 it's the part of you that wants to receive without giving. It's the part of you that refuses to live in peace in the midst of what's going on in the world. That's the real war on Christmas. 
is going on inside of us. Because listen, if there's ever a time for the church to stand up and show out, it's during this season in a multitude of ways. One, there is never a time of year like this time of year where you can go just about anywhere, at least in this country, and hear somebody singing something about Jesus. You walk through Walmart, you walk through Target. Sure, you may hear Santa Claus is coming to town, but you're going to hear Silent Night as well. You're going to hear Joy to the World as well. Yeah, there's going to be some secular songs, absolutely, but you're going to hear about Jesus mixed in, and that doesn't happen any other time of year. You could go to Epcot tomorrow in Disney World, and there's going to be a worship service in the middle of Epcot tomorrow. Why? Because it's Christmas, and that's what they do. There'll be two, as a matter of fact. Because there's going to be one during the day, and then at night, you know what they're going to do? They have a giant choir that sings traditional Christmas songs and a narrator that gets up and literally reads the Christmas story about Jesus coming. Only time of year that this happens. It's a great time of year for us to really show what the Christmas season is about and live as givers. If there's ever a time... If there's ever a narrative, if there's ever a story in Scripture that is about giving, it's the Christmas season. Because Christmas is about giving. We have to get that. Christmas is about giving. It's better to give than to receive. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all aren't sure. I said it's better to give than to receive. Whenever I was a kid, I didn't understand that. Right? Kids don't get that at all. Kids, it's better to receive than it is to give. Don't ask a kid to give something, right, for the most part. They'll give a little bit. But I, 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 I remember, you know, as a kid on Christmas, you know, we even have that, 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 that phrase, as excited as a kid on Christmas Eve. Right? Excited as a kid on Christmas that we use when we talk about how when somebody's really excited about something. People get excited about Christmas because most of the time, you know why you got excited? Because you knew when you woke up in the morning, there was going to be presents underneath the tree for you. And I didn't know how it could get much better than that until I had children. Until I had children. And whenever I had children, Christmas is still one of my favorite days of the year. But not because of anything that I get. But because I get to see their faces light up in the morning. At least the ones that are awake. I've got a couple that are older now. And their faces are still a little bit groggy on Christmas morning. But the little girls, they'll wake up excited. They wake up excited right now. Eva Joy gets up and we have our... Uh, Y'all don't get offended, okay? I'm going to tell you what we do in our house. We have an elf on the shelf. As a matter of fact, we have two elves on the shelves. One of them is named Stark and the other one is named Bubblegum. Josiah named Stark whenever he was little after the great Tony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> one of the little girls weigh one of their own, so they got bubblegum. And they move around every night, and uh, evil wakes up in the, in the morning. And Josiah actually has taken up the mantle of hiding or moving the elves. So they go into crazy places now is what happens. <laughs> every year, one night, the elves toilet paper the living room and Eliza goes to bed every night and goes I hope those elves don't toilet paper the living room tonight and we know what that actually means is she wants to wake up and there to be toilet paper all over the living room said it's too far out for Christmas from that we're too busy the elves ain't gonna do that but Eva wakes up every morning excited she starts looking around the house 
Oh, I can't wait to find my elves. And looks all over the house with them, and you hear a squeal of excitement whenever she finds those elves. And I love doing stuff like that with my kids because I love seeing the joy on my children's faces. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. There's no condemnation. But for me, I love the joy that it brings to my kids. And guess what? They're going to wake up. They're going to one day realize it's not real. Josiah thought it was real whenever he was little. He's 14 now, and he doesn't have a problem still thinking that those elves that move around our house are real. He knows they're not real. All right, Hannah Lee does too. If she didn't know, well, now she does. She already knew I'm playing. But I love waking up on Christmas morning and seeing the joy on my children's faces. It's so, it's just exciting. It's so much better to give than it is to receive. It is so much better. And John 3, 16 even gives us this. For God so loved the world that he, that he gave. It's not for God so loved the world that he took, but for God so loved the world that he gave. Gave. Without a giving father, there is no advent, there is no Christmas. Without a father looking to redeem creation, it starts by giving. When he was looking to redeem us, it started by giving. He gave us everything. He gave his very life to free us and to redeem us. We can continue in that redemption by living generously. I believe this, and you may not believe this, but that's fine, but I believe this, that whenever I give a gift to my kids on Christmas morning, I am celebrating and remembering the fact that the Father gave a gift to me, his child. You may think it's just an exchange of gifts. No, I am celebrating and remembering what the Father did whenever he gave to us. We can continue by living generously. Not, and by the way, we shouldn't just live generously during the Christmas season. We should live generously year-round. If we want to put the Christ in Christmas, how about we start living as givers? Because listen, it doesn't cost you much to say Merry Christmas, but it may cost you something to actually live generously. And by the way, thank you to this church body for being those people who live as givers and live with the spirit of generosity. I've loved every week seeing people come in with bags full of toys for kids across the street at Callaway Elementary. I've seen at least two or three bikes roll in here for kids across the street at Callaway Elementary. That's the Christmas spirit. That's what Jesus came to exemplify and for us to continue in. I loved how stupid that cake auction gets. I saw several people that was their first cake auction they'd been to this year. And at a certain point, they just started laughing because I don't know how you just respond to this when people are paying $1,000 for a plate of peanut butter candy that it costs, I won't even have Teresa tell y'all how much it costs to make because it may make y'all mad that paid $1,000 for it, but $10, there you go. I'm thankful for people like Will and people like Chuck and people like Bobby McGee and people like uh, uh, Jason, uh, uh, Jason Lambert Sr. Who, who gave so generously. Do they have to? No, they don't have to. They get to. They have the opportunity to because God has blessed them and he has given to them. The only proper response is to turn around and give to other people. And so that's what Christmas is about. Live generously. Live as a giver 
I've taught y'all before, people live their hand either with an open hand or a closed fist. And it's a lot better to live open-handed than it is to live with your fist clenched. It's better to live as a giver. God is a giver. If you want to be like him, you got to be a giver. Singy people don't look like God. Can we just be real? Stingy people don't look like God. People who can't live as givers don't look like God. God gave. Got real quiet. Now listen, when I say give, I'm not talking about monetary gifts, although that is part of it. But there's so much more than that. Generosity allows Christians to be a conduit of God's blessing to the world. Jesus gave mercy and he gave love. In this season, what if you gave mercy and love instead of hate? Instead of frustration, one of the greatest ways we can emulate Jesus is by giving love and mercy. If anyone in the world could have been judgmental and thrown a stone, it was Jesus. He was perfect. He was without sin. He was the only one who could stand and say, all y'all are wrong, I'm holy, y'all are all going to hell, straight to hell. But Jesus actually came to make a way so you didn't have to go straight to hell. Jesus lived in mercy. I know it can be difficult to love the unlovable. But what if when people are unlovely, we gave them love instead of frustration? What if this Christmas season, whenever your waitress is a little slow and doesn't fill your tea up the way that you want her to, instead of stiffing her, you gave her a bigger tip? What? I got eight people that clapped for that. Those are the eight people that have waited tables before and said, thank you that somebody's finally saying it. What if we lived that way? You don't know if that waitress right now, the reason that she's struggling is because she's trying to figure out how she's going to buy presents for her kids. And you being generous when you could be stingy could be the answer to the prayer that she's been praying. What if we gave love? What if we gave mercy? What if we were long-suffering? What if we actually realized that people in the world are messed up and they're not perfect and that's okay? And we got to love those people where they're at. They will never get to where God's called them to be till someone loves them where they, are, where they are. I'm not saying we accept everything they do. I'm not saying we say everything they do is okay. But you can love without, without being in agreement. If you're married, you should know that. That's a joke, but I'm also serious. If you're married, you should be able to know that you can love somebody without always being in agreement. Just because you love somebody doesn't mean that you're putting your stamp of approval on everything that they do. There's people that I know that I'm close with, that I've got great relationships with, that I love dearly, and I don't agree with everything that they do, everything they say, every stance they take. Doesn't matter. I don't love them because of their stance. I love them because Jesus loves them. I don't love them because of what they did. I love them because Jesus loves them. What if we actually showed love and mercy to people? What if when people are evil toward us, we repaid them with love instead of evil? What if when somebody talked bad about you, instead of talking bad about them, you wouldn't bought them a gift card and took it to them and gave it to them? Because <laughs> he, 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 here's the thing. All our material giving should flow from love anyways. Any of your monetary giving should flow from love anyways. 
We give because we love. Listen, I know that every single person who gave in that cake auction, who bid these outrageous amounts, you know why they did that? Because they love our youth. That's why they did it. They weren't trying to showboat. They certainly weren't that interested in those cakes. Alicia Jones, her cookie butter cheesecake, I think, sold for $1,100. I bought one for $60 this week. It wasn't about how much it cost. It's because they love people. And love will compel you to give. Be the one who gives love this season. We give up our resources. Listen, you can't give material resources without loving, but you can't love without giving. I said, you can't love without giving. Anything or anyone that you love, you will give towards. My kids are going to have something to open up under the tree on Christmas Day. They're going to have quite a few things to open up under the tree on Christmas Day. Probably too many things to open up under the tree on Christmas Day. You know why? Because I love my kids. And I promise you, up until Christmas, what I'm going to be doing, every, I, have to, I have to stay out of stores. You know why I've got to stay out of stores? Because I love my kids so much that everything I see, I'm like, oh, they'd like that. And I'm going to pick it up and buy it. I just can't go. My wife tells me all the time, she's like, you have to stop. They have enough, dad said, you're like your mama. They have enough stuff already. It's a great trait. I love my kids, so I'm going to give to them. I love my wife, so I give to her. I love this church, so I give to it. I, we love our community. I love our community, so we give to it. You know why we did a grocery giveaway? Because we love our community. You know why we do what we do for Callaway Elementary? Because we love our community. You know why we feed? I don't know how many schools we fed this year. All the schools, Garrett said. You know why we do that? Because we love our community. We're going to feed North Bay on Thursday. Feed their entire staff. You know why we do that? Because we love our community. And don't tell me how much you love something if you aren't willing to back it up by giving. If you love, you'll give. For God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. If you love, you'll give. I'm closing. Listen, whenever we live our lives as giver, we're sowing seed for a future harvest. I believe whenever we give to these kids in Callaway, whenever you give to these kids in Callaway, you're sowing for a future harvest. I believe that your kids will never be without because you're giving to some kids that are less fortunate right now. All right. Whenever we go and we feed teachers on Tuesday or Thursday, whatever, not Tuesday. Don't freak out, staff. There's not Tuesday and Thursday. Whenever we go feed teachers on Thursday, we're sowing seed. Whenever we go and, listen, we, we started doing a lot of stuff with Rutherford. We, we made it, and even, I know Pastor Garrett told all the youth leaders, beginning of this school year, he's like, we're going to do a lot with all the schools, but Rutherford's a major target for us, and we're going to really, really invest in Rutherford. And guess what started happening? Kids from Rutherford started showing up. You know why? Because the field you sow in is the field you'll reap in. The field you sow in is the field you'll reap in. Whenever you sow, you're going to reap. Whenever I give it an offering, I'm believing God's going to bring provision to me. But I'm also going to believe for a bigger harvest of lives changed as I sow. We'll talk more about that tonight. 
One of the greatest ways for us to make an impact larger than us is give love. Give, it's just to give. Give love, give mercy, give resources, give generously. Because Christmas is when the Word became flesh and gave so that we could live. Christmas is simply this. It's simply, it's probably an understatement, overstatement. It is this, the Word became flesh to give so we could live. And the best way we can honor that is we live. The best way to have Christmas spirit isn't just to be jolly and be like Clark Griswold and have the biggest Christmas light display in your neighborhood. Nothing wrong with that. If you want to have the biggest Christmas light display in your neighborhood, give me your address. I'm going to come see it. But Christmas spirit is about a lot more than that. It's about a lot more than singing loud so everyone can hear. It's about living as a giver. It's about living in peace. It's about partaking of what Jesus came to bring us in this season. Will you stand up to your feet? Man, y'all can come. We're going to live as givers. We're going to live in that Christmas spirit. And this is going to be your best season, your best Christmas season yet. And I believe that whenever you carry that in to next year, it's going to be the best year you've ever had. When you carry generosity into 2024, it's going to be the best year that you've ever had. Will you lift your hands to heaven this morning? Just pray with me. Say, Father God, I thank you this morning that Jesus came, that the Father gave to me so I could live in life everlasting. This morning, I say that I'll live as a giver, that I'll live with generosity, that I will live open-handedly because God is a giver and I'm going to be like him. So I'm going to live as a giver. I'm not going to live in anxiety. I'm not going to live in stress, but I'm going to live in peace this season in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, amen. Will you Lord a hand of praise this morning, church? Amen. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.